the Inside the Age podcast. We are Houston everything all the time. I am a co-host, Ike Quayar. You can find me on Twitter at Ike Quayar. Right here tuning in my boy, Kush. What's going on, brother? It's been a minute. Yeah, man, it has been a little, a little while. A lot of stuff going around uh, the Houston sports scene. So just excited to be back after a little while and, you know, Talk about everything going on in the in the city of Houston sports wise, man. Facts, man. That's facts. Let's get right into it, man. There's so much to talk about. This is the last time uh, we recorded. Uh, let's start with the Houston Rockets and the draft lottery. Whoa, like what happened, man? Um, you know, there was one thing that I talked about on this podcast before that I did not want to happen. Just one thing, because let's face it, the odds of us landing at one, you know, was a long shot in terms like, like you have to get lucky to land at one or two, right? And it didn't go our way. And the only thing that I was really hoping for is for the San Antonio Spurs not to land at number one, and that's exactly what happened. Our rival down I-10 West is getting windy, and it was just the worst luck ever, man, you know, to see that unfold that night. But, you know, like I said before, I've hated San Antonio, the the San Antonio Spurs for a very long time, so that's normal for me. That hatred will continue, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, Um, to say the least, with with that fan base and that organization. It's really more of the fan base that I have, you know, the hatred for because it's just so annoying, man, like to another level. Now they're going to be 10 times worse because... what do you think about the Spurs landing the number one pick, man? It, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, it, it, it's just so ridiculous, man. Yeah, man. If there was any draft where I would have, um, how do I say this? If there's any like draft class that I would have condoned tanking for years and years and years to get one guy, it would be this draft with with Wemby. And the fact that the Spurs, I mean, we know they've been bad for a little bit, you know, the last couple of years, but I feel like as a Rockets fan, we kind of, you know, we kind of accepted that they're going to be bad, they're going to tank. You know, we're on year three of the quote-unquote tank, and for us to get number four instead of the top two spots, was it was so deflating, and like, you know, we're, we're around a bunch of our friends, you know, um, as co-hosts, you know, we're co-hosting the Apollo Rockets Watch Rockets uh, Draft Lottery Watch Party, and the energy in that bar after we got number four is like such high energy, and just like the thing that reminded me of was like when you poke a hole in the balloon and it just deflates. That's yeah, what man. it reminded me of, man, because like the energy right, went down. It was like, man. And I, I don't know if anyone got my reaction, but I was just like, oh, are you serious, man? First of all, not that just that we got number four and we we didn't luck out. Or luck was not on our side, I should say. 
But the fact that the freaking Spurs got number one, that was the worst thing that could happen. I remember telling one of my friends, I was like, bro, like, number, us getting number four wasn't enough. The Spurs had to get number one. I was like, man, that's, that's rough. Yeah, like, to land number four, it's not bad. It's actually really good. There's really good prospects that are still out there, you know, at that number, you know, according to the to the mocks and everything, you know, the draft world consensus. Um, but how come we couldn't go on E? How come we couldn't go on to the Pistons, to the Magic, to Charlotte? Anybody, anybody except the fucking Spurs, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just... I'm, I'm going to quit talking about that right now, man, because we're going to stay positive moving forward from this. I will say that that night, the vibes were immaculate, man. It was such a great night overall um, with our friends from, you know, the, the uh, everybody at Apollo and the Summit State of Mind podcast with Justin and Kenny, man. We just want to say thanks again to them. Um, it was such a great night overall for everybody that showed up. And, you know, we really... We're still having a good time, even though that happened, man, because we're not going to let nothing, like, ruin our vibes. We don't care what it is. But let's talk about some of the prospects that most likely will be there at four, man. Right now, you know, everybody's talking about uh, Amon Thompson uh, being there, depending on what happens, you know, with the first three picks. Um, I think... He fits really well with this Houston Rockets team. He's um, a great ball handler, which is what you want. He's the perfect type of player to add with a Jalen Green because this guy, you know, is going to come straight into that point guard position. And this is exactly the type of player you want to add um, team. He's super athletic. Six foot seven. He's about two hundred and fifteen pounds. Like great size, you know. You know exactly what you want in, in a player that you want to pair with this young core because we're talking about you know your starting five are all going to be athletic and explosive guys. Um, there's so many things that he brings to the table, man. Yeah, he brings a lot of things to the table, very uh, athletic, um, and even if we don't go the route of Aaron Thompson, I I think I've heard a lot of stuff about us possibly trading the number four pick up to move to number two, or like, you know, I'm sure like, I'm sure you've heard this too, like, um, of us trading number four to get like another star. One of the names that's been floated out there a little bit that I've seen is Jalen Brown with the Celtics. Obviously, you know, Ime Udoka, his, his uh, previous head coach, is now our head coach for the Houston Rockets. So I'm kind of, you know, I was kind of invested in the playoffs for that reason, just to see, you know, how he plays in these big games and just to see what we might be able to get if we do go that route. I just wanted to give your thoughts on, like, um, not just Aiden Thompson, but what do you think about, like, all the possibilities of us possibly trading up or trading in a pick away to get a star? 
Well, you, you know, Chris, I'm going to talk about Armin Thompson for a little bit more, and then after that, I'll answer that question. Yeah. Okay. That way, it goes like together because I lost my train of thought whenever I was talking the last time. But, but I, as soon as I finish this, I'll answer the question. We'll talk about that, or whatever. Yeah. It's actually it transitions very well with what I was going to say too. I want to ask something with, uh, about Armin Thompson. You know, like everything that this guy already has in his game. Um, he's a great passer. Uh, as people, you know, give him a lot of credit for. You know, we already know he's an incredible athlete. He has great size. The only knock to his game is, you know, him shooting the basketball. And with, I don't know if you, there was news that came out today that the Houston Rockets will be, you know, getting the assistant coaches from the Boston staff to join Ume Udoka here in Houston to help us with our young team and and be here for the development, you know, of our young core. Um, it's something that could be worked on. It's something that can be fixed with a good shooting coach. So I think if he improves his shooting, you know, I think he has the total package and what you want um, in a player, uh, in your point guard, you know, in your potential future point guard going forward. And um, I'm just, I really hope that he's there at four because there's been a lot of talk too where teams might get him earlier than number four, right? And we end up with either Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, which I would not have a problem with either of those guys. But Armin Thompson is, you know, the guy that I think is going to bring everything you want to our roster and help Jalen Green, you know, um, just get the better shots and and just just generate better looks for the offense as well because you got a young explosive guy who has a quick first step he has no problem beating his defender which that's just music to my ears because you know when the play breaks down uh, you need guys that not only can do that but also are great passers, you know, to, to just generate those better looks in the offense, man. And I'm very, very hopeful that we can land on Thompson. But if we land Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, hey, I'm just fine with those guys too. Uh, super talented guys. Obviously, we know about Scoot Henderson, uh, how good he is as a point guard. And uh, Brandon Miller also, uh, he could play uh, small forward or whatever, you know, depending on the matchups that uh, we have going on in that game. Potentially play your power forward if we're going small. But, you know, um, my pick for number four is definitely Armin Thompson, man. Okay, so, and what was your question again, Chris? So after the Alan Thompson stuff, the basically what I was asking was, um, you know, we've heard many different scenarios to where they might trade the pick 
to go up to number two to get Scoop, or they might trade the pick in like a package to get like another superstar here. So I just I was just wondering your you know thoughts and opinions on if we do go that route, what would you think of that uh, as opposed to just keeping the pick? Now, if we would make a trade to move up to do anything, I would preferably like it to be for Scoot Henderson. If we make any of those moves, I would like it to be for Scoot Henderson, you know, to, to fill that point guard position, to, to get our point guard that we really need on our team. Um, and then there's also, like you mentioned, there's been also rumors that we could potentially trade that pick, uh, you know, for another player or possibly move back in the draft. I'm all in for that too. I mean, we trust uh, Rafael Stone with his plan and, you know, how he wants to move forward with this. But um, because there's also you know his brother that's available later in the draft and that guy is pretty good too man he's a he's a better shooter he's more of a wing player that can uh, defend you know at a high level and he's really good off the ball so there's still you know his brother out there we if we decide to move back in the draft I mean there's there's a lot of good players uh, you know, Terrence Walker will, you know, possibly still be there. So, I'm all in for the trades. Just as, as I'm, oh, um, I'm all for trading up if we get Scoot Henderson. Um, but other than that, I would rather just stay at four, man. If you're not going to get Scoot, just stay at four and see what happens because. Uh, it sounds crazy to say, man, but Scoot Henderson can still fall to you at four, which is crazy to say, depending on what happens, right? So, you know, in the draft, you, you can't really rule anything out. And um, just excited for for draft day. I already, I already have like a lot of anxiety, you know, waiting for it and thinking about it because I want to see who we add to our team, man. Um, do you have any more thoughts on on the draft course or any, anything that you think um, you know, the Houston Rockets need to do to like, just make their team better? Yeah, one, one last thing I want to add is I think a lot of it depends on if we get James Harden or not, right? Because if you get James Harden, then that kind of... I'm not saying that completely changes the way you draft, but that has like a lot of bearing on what they decide to do in my opinion because if they get James Harden then they might be okay with just keeping the pick and getting Amon Thompson you know um, or I could see a scenario where if they do get James Harden, if they do sign James Harden they might want to pair him up with Jalen Brown right from the Celtics um, if I'm Jalen Brown, that might be a little bit more enticing to me to, you know, be able to play with a guy like James Harden in Houston. So, I think a lot of it, hap- a lot of it depends on what we do in free agency. So, I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, I kind of want to see what they do in free agency first before 
I kind of think about the draft because I think that that has a big part to do with it. Yeah, man, I, I agree with what you're saying. You know, yeah, but the James Harden news, I mean, the rumors are still here. They, they will not go away, which is super annoying. We've been talking about it literally since Christmas Day. We're like, it almost ruined my Christmas, bro, by the way. I just want to say that. Like, it almost, it was like the Grinch on Christmas when the news came out. But, um, until that happens or, you know, something else happens, whether he comes or not, the rumors will be here. But we got to remember the draft happens before free agency starts and everything like that. So, I mean, there's some trades that can go down, you know, at the end of June, like right before free agency, I believe. I don't know if they, they still do it like that, but the draft happens in, you know, late June and then free agency starts in July. But I'm just, I'm tired about talking about James Harden, though. Like, I'm sorry. Um, Obviously, like, if he comes and, you know, screw it, like, we we just have to work with what we have and, you know, build our team to whatever, you know, um, whatever direction EMA and Rafael Stone um, want to go uh, with James Harden as your point guard, basically, and just go from there, but... It'll be interesting to see the the veterans that we add to this team. I think that's going to be very important just to give the team direction, uh, to help these young guys out, and just show them the ropes of um, what uh, 82 regular season, a real uh, 82 re- regular season looks like because the last two men were just terrible you know, to be a part of with no... You know, no kind of structure, no kind of plan. Really, it was just tanking, right? So, um, if James Harden, if if James Harden comes, then screw it. Like fucking we ball, like I said before. Um, but um, the draft's gonna be really exciting to add this uh, younger player to our core, and uh, you know, can't wait for it. With that, let's. Uh, Let's move on to the Houston Texans. Man, there's been a lot of things that happened, Chris, um, since the last time we recorded um, from the team on Kirby Drive, man. Um, So the schedule came out, right? And the schedule, to be honest, it doesn't look that bad, right? We We opened up against Baltimore on the road versus Lamar Jackson, uh, that's going to be tough, right? So I'm chalking that up as an L. I'm just being honest, right? Like, to go up there and win a game versus the Baltimore Ravens, um, that's going to be pretty tough. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I'm chalking that up as an L. Um, And then after that, we have... We have our home opener versus the Colts. That's our second game, right? So, you got the Ravens first, then you have the Colts second week, 
And then after the Colts, you have the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars, two division games in the first three weeks. That's what I'm saying. It's not that bad to start with. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on the schedule and what games really stand out to you and what do you think of the difficulty of the schedule? Yeah, so I think we should go about this like four games at a time, right? So let's look at the first four games. Ravens, Colts, Jags, and Steelers. The Ravens have a great quarterback, Lamar Jackson, right? We know that. The Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, he's good. But I think if things go our way, that's a game that we can win. And that's that's not a guy like yet that I think he's going to... Like, it's not... I'll give him his credit. He's pretty good. He had a good season last year. Um, he's not like a Patrick Mahomes where you, like, you know he's going to put up numbers no matter what, right? And I think that it's a really good game for the Texans. Uh, the Colts, we talked about this previously. Like, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is going to be the day one starter. So whoever, like... Whoever they start, I think we have a good chance to beat them. The Steelers, um, here's their quarterback. Kenny, I think Kenny Pickett, just, Kenny Pickett was starting from last year. I don't know if they drafted someone else this year to like kind of challenge that role for him. But again, Kenny Pickett, second year quarterback. It's a home game. Uh, we expect this defense to be pretty good. So I think that's a game that we can win. So if I'm looking at it, you two and two to start the season. I think that's. I think that that would be pretty good because what did we win two games last year? We already tired our win total within the first four games. So yeah, man, I I, I agree, man, because the Steelers, no matter who they have on their team, it's always going to be a battle. Right, and their defense is, they're always tough. You're going to have to play them for 60 minutes to beat that football team. Really every football team, but the Steelers are a different breed. You know, a Mike Tomlin head coach team is not going to let down. They're going to battle you until the end of the game. And I'm with you there, um, two and two after the first four games. It's a pretty decent start for us, right? Because we only won two games last year. And keep in mind that this year we play the NFC South. So we play Tampa Bay, New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, and the Atlanta Falcons. And the next four games, interestingly enough, are against those teams. And that division in football, really after Tom Brady left, after he retired for good, right? Hopefully. Um, it's a weak division, bro. Uh, you, there's not really any quarterbacks in that division that scare you, any offenses that scare you. Because after the Steelers is at Atlanta, then we have the Saints at home, at Carolina, and then the Buccaneers back at home. So, I'm looking at those four teams, Coach, 
and I'm saying three and one, right? The next four games. That division is weak. It does not scare me. Um, I think we have uh, our team is is good enough to go three and one in that stretch. What do you think? Yeah. So all these four NFC South teams. Um, to me, I'm circling the Panthers because Bryce Young, obviously. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a game. I think they have they have a pretty good roster, so I, I think while all these games are winnable, none of them is a given, obviously. Um, the Saints, Derek Carr, the quarterback, we'll see how that goes. Um, the Falcons, uh, they got B. John Robinson in the draft, so I think that's a guy that you're gonna have to watch out for, like you know, a Derek Henry type. So even even though they they might not have the answer that they want at quarterback, I think that one guy uh, obviously like you have to circle him on the, in your game plan. They have a, they have some uh, young receivers. They have Kyle Pitts tight end. So I don't think you should take the Falcons lightly. They you know they might not make the playoffs or win a whole lot of games, but they can you know if you. If you don't play the way you're supposed to play, that's a team that can beat you. Uh, you said three and one. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go two and two. Um, because the, the Texans, while we're like really really high on them right now, I don't trust them enough to say that they're gonna be a dominant team yet, right? So I think I think they lose to the Falcons. They beat they beat the Panthers. And they beat the Saints. Okay, I'm gonna say two. Okay, that's fair. I'm gonna say the one team that we lose to in that four game stretch is the New Orleans Saints because they added Derek Derek Carr as their quarterback, and the Saints already had an explosive offense to begin with with Kamara. And some of the receivers that they had on their roster, um, you know, Michael Thomas is coming back. They got the the guy that was a rookie last year. Uh, I forgot his name, and he was balling out. He's coming back. Um, they they still have an office that's going to be a problem. So the Falcons, I think we can beat the Falcons. We lose to the Saints. We beat the Panthers. And CJ balls out and shows out that, you know, I don't give a damn that, you know, Bryce Young was the number one pick. That's a, a lot to prove in that game. And then we beat the Buccaneers at home. Maybe I'm just too hyped right now as a Texan fan, but that's what I feel, right? Uh, I'm just going to go with my gut feeling with four games. And then after that, then it starts getting a little bit harder, in my opinion. We got the, at the Bengals. The Cardinals at home, the Jaguars at home, and the Broncos at home. Now, the one thing I will say is that after the Bengals, that's an L, dog. I'm just saying, like, I'm just going to be real with the right. The, against the Bengals at Cincinnati, you know, against Joe Burrow, and, uh, you know, they, the receivers they got, um, that's an L. But the next three games are at home. So maybe we can do some home cooking. When we come back, um, I'm thinking, man, I, I'm 
just shouldn't be too optimistic right now because you know what I'm saying? Like, I believe in my team. So I would say two and two right now in that four game stretch. Uh, with uh, Cincinnati, Arizona, Jacksonville, and the Broncos. And again, I know like every game is, is going to be tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just going to be like a biased guy that's like, well, Texas is going to win every game. But these teams don't scare me, but I'm just being honest. Like, they just don't scare me. The Cardinals don't scare me. Jacksonville, Broncos, uh, Russell Wilson looked like ass last year. Um, we'll see what happens with him. But what do you think about those games, Chris? Yeah, I think, like I said before, like, a lot of these games are winnable games. Obviously, like with us with a rookie quarterback, nothing is guaranteed. But the Cardinals are, are they're a pretty bad team. I think we can beat them. The Jaguars, you know, division rival. That's always a toss up. But I think we can beat them, especially at home. The Bengals. That's going to be a tough game, especially on the road to win. So I'm going to mark that up as an L. But and then the Broncos is interesting because. They were a team just like us that went through a coaching change. They got Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. Uh, Sean Payton's going to try to save Russell Wilson's career this year. And so, like, I'm not ready to say that he's going to be a good quarterback again because we don't know what he's going to look like. So, at this point in time, I think we can. I think that game is one of those games that, for the Broncos, it could. It could be a trap game for the Broncos because, first of all, it's at our crib, right? So, and then I think so. I'm I'm gonna go three and one. I know my Broncos pick is not very popular because Sean Payne, Russell Wilson, all this stuff. They have a pretty good roster, pretty good defense. Uh, I'm gonna go three and one in this stretch. Oh wow! Hey, I'm with you, bro. I mean. Anything positive, I'm with you on that. And after that, we'll just close it out. Uh, the, the the last part of the schedule, we got at the Jets, at the Titans, the Browns on Christmas Eve. What did we do to deserve that shit, bro? Like, how do we get Deshaun Watson to come down here on Christmas Eve to potentially... To potentially ruin our Christmas. That's gonna like I want no part of like going to that game because I want to enjoy my holiday. I don't give a fuck what happens. Anyway, yeah, we want the good present, yeah. and not not the L's, man. Yeah, not the L's. I mean, if we beat them, then we celebrate them. Right? It's gonna be a merry Christmas for sure. Um, and then after that, we got. The Titans at home, and then the Colts on the road for the last regular season game. That's the last two division games are going to be huge because that possibly could be the the two games that make makes us or breaks us as far as you know winning division. Uh, you know, playing at the Jets, I think that's an error. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers, and uh, he's just a great quarterback. I don't see us winning that game on the road. Uh, if we make it happen, that would be crazy. But I, I don't think it will. But December 17th is the date that I have circled on my calendar when we play the Tennessee Titans at Tennessee. I hate the Titans so much. 
like, I mean, it goes from the history, like, the Oilers, everything, but mainly because of what they did on draft night. We all remember, you know, they were trying to troll us, and they were in their feelings about what we did in the draft. And I cannot wait for that game for us to stomp on them the entire game. And not only that that game, but the, the on December 31st when they come back to Houston and play as men. So those are the two games that I'm looking forward to the most because of the way you know, they were just, you know, talking shit. Like, you know, karma's going to come around on them, man. So um, can't wait for that. Do you got anything else, Chris, on the schedule? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to start with the Jets, right? Like, we know in December, crazy things have happened, right, in December. Um, remember last year, the, pa- the Packers lost to the Lions in the last game of the season. Um, I've, you know, I think if, we, if we're competitive with these teams going into December and we're at, like, a point where, where if we go on a little win streak, we can make the playoffs... I think that's a really, really important, game, like, really, really important non-divisional game for them. And then also three division games in the last five. December is going to be a huge month if we're able to make it to December with the wins stacked up in the division. So I think that's something to watch. Like the, the Colts last, the last game of the season, the Titans in the last four games, twice in the last four games. So I think that's you know that's going to be an important stretch and. If this team is going to make the playoffs, shock everybody who make the playoffs this upcoming season, December is going to be a huge, huge month, man. Oh, yeah, man, that's a fact. Um, so originally, before we had um, talked about the Texans on our episodes, before the schedule came out, I gave the Texans six games to win this next year. I believe it was six games. Uh, now that I, the schedule has come out, um, I gotta say eight. I'm right now. I'm feeling eight or nine games we win. Uh, eight or nine games. Uh, I'll take the. Um, I'll take eight games that we win. What about you, coach? If they win eight games, like to go from two to two to eight, you have to give Demico Ryan's coach of the year if he makes that happen. Oh yeah, like especially this team, like a rookie, rookie quarterback in stride, which a lot of people thought, you know, was not the best quarterback in the draft. Plus, uh, Will Anderson when he got drafted, a lot of people were like, he's really, really, really good, but he's not like a generational talent like Aaron Donald or you know Chase Young was when he came out. And so if he makes that like if he turns us around like that this quickly, I think there's no doubt that he's coach of the year. I think I'm not ready to say nine wins yet. Uh, I think I'll I'll stick with uh, seven to eight wins, and even if he gets seven to eight, that's still a huge, huge turnaround. Yeah, man, and like the only reason why the only reason why I'm saying that is because we do play the NFC South, which I think is weaker. Than other years, you know, prior other years before, uh, where they've had all competitive teams, and because of our division, you know, I hate to say this, but the AFC South is arguably 
the worst division in the NFL and the easiest division to make the playoffs. The easiest division. Yeah, and we have to keep that in mind because the AFC South arguably is the worst division in the NFL um, right now. And so that means it's the easiest division to win and to make the playoffs. So you got to keep those two things in mind. You play the NFC South and the AFC South is the worst division. So because of those two, because of those two things, I think that we can win eight or nine games this year, but we'll see what happens, man. There's a lot of, you know, excitement in the city ever since we hired D'Amico and even him recently and the OTAs is going to start here pretty soon um, in the next couple of days. But they asked him a question and they asked him, how does he look at his team right now? And obviously, you know, he's going to say, you know, nothing but positive uh, things about the team. Um, you know, D'Amico's always been a positive guy, you know, when they, you know, every time uh, when they interview him, he always says the right thing. And he said that right now he gives his team a grade of a A plus. And like right now of where they're at and just as that's, you know, exactly what you want to hear. And, you know, he's going to say all the right things and stuff, man. But to have him as your head coach, us as fans, we have so much confidence going into next season because the entire fan base just trusts this man, right? With his plan, you know, the offense, the defense, that defense is going to be well taken care of, man. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be like the defense defenses that we've had before in the past, man. Like that defense is going to be ready. And they showed, uh, you know, on Twitter, the Texans account, um, a picture of Derek Stingley, um, how he was, you know, uh, practicing and, that dude got jacked up because he looks like he's been in the weight room. He looks like he's ready to go. Like he made a full recovery from his injury. And I'm telling you what, like that guy, he's going to he's gonna ball out next year, man. It's, it's truly going to be a no-fly zone in that secondary. He, he just looked like he's been living in the weight room. Yeah, Derek Stingley Jr.'s uh, his sophomore season. I'm so so excited for it. Unfortunately, last year he did dealt with injuries, but like you know the deal with all these players, especially these second year players. Like their rookie year, they're kind of trying to make a name for themselves, and you know they they with the off season after their first year, they don't really have to worry about the stuff they have to worry about when they're draft prospects, right? They got to worry about a whole lot of stuff. And now with that first offseason, they can kind of just get in the gym, focus on, you know, their craft, you know, try to get stronger, get bigger, get faster. And so I think that's what we're seeing with Derek Stingley Jr. Hopefully that translates onto the field. Hopefully he can stay healthy. And I think, you know, I've been one of the biggest proponents of this. Like if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to prove that even though Sauce Gardner had a hell of a year last year, I think he's going to be a really, really, really good uh, corner in the NFL. And hopefully we start to see that this upcoming season. And you talked about the secondary, man. 
um, I brought this up in our other episodes. Like, one of the most, one of the position groups I'm most excited about watching is the secondary because of all the talent they have. They got Stingley Jr., they got um, Petrie, the safety, they got uh, Ward. Uh, yeah, we had a Jimmy Ward. Signing. And then, you know, so excited about what um, D'Amico Ryans can do with the secondary, too. Yeah, man, I feel like Jimmy Ward, because he's been, you know, he, he's played before in a D'Amico Ryan's defense, it's really going to show out and it's going to ball out. But more importantly, he's really going to mentor the guys in that secondary and just let them know, you know, where to be, what to look out for, and just have them ready um, you know, prepare just to be successful, to be at the right place at the right time, you know, um, in terms of like playing zone, playing man, you know, depending on what kind of defense you're playing, um, I think it's going to, Jimmy Ward is really going to help out this uh, secondary tremendously, you know, from his time that he played in the D'Amico Ryan's defense, man. And then there was also, I also wanted to talk about, there was some news that came out that was reported by Mark Berman that in the preseason, the Houston Texans will have joint workouts with the Miami, with the Miami Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints, man. And I think that's great news because you always want to face real competition um, in the preseason and try to get as many different looks as possible uh, di- different defenses. You um, you want to face, you know, di- different uh, offenses. I think that's going to help us out a lot because, like, if you look at the Miami Dolphins, they have so many players that could just stretch the field, like Tyreek Hill, uh, Jalen Waddle. That's going to get our secondary ready. When you face those kind of guys, you know, in the preseason every day, whether it's, you know, four or five days or how many times, you know, we practice with them, that's going to be really beneficial for our team. And also when we play, you know, the Saints, our next door neighbor, got to make sure and uh, talk shit to a bunch of my Saints, uh, Saint fans that I have as homeboys, man. I have a ton of, you know, I know so many Saints fans, man. Like when they, when they, uh, when they come to Houston, it's a party, man, in that tailgate area. So you're going to see a lot of Texan fans. You're going to see a lot of Saints fans, man. And we're just going to have a big party, man. They're great people, you know, from um, from New Orleans, a lot of New Orleans people that live here already, you know, in Houston. So, you know, I can't wait for that. That's going to be a lot of fun, man, that tailgate area. Yeah, man, it's, it's always a party. Uh in the tailgate area, especially with like the, with the uh, visiting fans. Like I remember a couple years ago, I went to uh Texans and Chargers game and the Chargers tailgating tent, man, they ain't know how to fucking party, bro. So I, I can't wait for the season to start. It's gonna, it's gonna be f- a fun time again in Houston. As far as the Texans go. Um, I know you're excited. Uh, I'm excited as hell. So, 
I don't know if you're planning on going to any Texans games this year. I might go to the second game against the Colts. We'll see, you know, we'll see what happens, but yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to be there for sure, man. We got to coordinate something, you know, make it happen and invite all of our friends that usually go to Texan games and tailgate and party and all that, man. We're going to make it happen for sure. I wanted to mention a tweet that I saw earlier from my boy, Roosh Williams, man. Um, He had a tweet earlier. Yeah, I want to get to a tweet that I saw earlier from Roosh Williams and he tweeted, league sources tell him DeAndre Hopkins is high on the Houston Texans, rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, and has legitimate interest in a reunion with the Texans. And, you know, also stating that his family living here in Houston is a big reason why. And I'm here to tell you, man, if that happens um, – Somehow we get DeAndre Hopkins. We're winning nine games, man. Like for sure, I'll say nine games for sure. And uh, I don't want to get too excited because we still got to see how it plays out. And I know there was rumors that he was going to join the Chiefs. And, um, you know, Deshaun Watson was like saying that he wanted him to go, you know, play for the Browns up there. But if we land, um, we can get uh, DeAndre Hopkins to come back home, man. I think nine games is definitely a real possibility uh, for the Houston Texans. And um, I just want to get your thoughts on that, man. That's crazy. It it came out earlier today. And, uh, you know, I I believe Roosh, man, when he says that, man, because, you know, he knows knows a lot of people. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's something that we've been talking about that's been talked about, you know, nationally for like the last week. So that it doesn't shock me, but I think the one thing this offense is missing is that number one receiver, right? If we get DeAndre Hopkins back in Houston, that's going to help CJ Stroud out a lot. He can like, he can just throw it up in his general area. And DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys that can go get the football. Um, we know he's not like the fastest guy or the strongest guy, but, He's he's a very reliable catcher of the football, and especially when you have a rookie quarterback, that's that can be really really important for your offense to keep the chains moving and you know uh, score points as an offense. So you know, I I would 100% support the move if they decide to go that route. It just like how it's just how much money does he you know does is he going to demand? Is the going to be like the main pressing question to see if uh, the Texans will sign him or not, I think. But, you know, <laughs> this part of this, this part of the year, like all these rumors start flying in. It's, it's fun. You know, the DeAndre Hopkins stuff is uh, rolling, rolling around. We're in OTAs. Um, sooner or later, we're going to be in preseason. And sooner or later after that, we're going to get a regular season. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the DeAndre Hopkins thing. If we sign DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Vegas might have to bump our win total up just a little bit, you know, from the five games that they had it at. Yeah, facts. And, like, you know, I also want to add, like, if we – if somehow in, the, in, in these off seasons for the Rockets and the Houston Texans, we're able to land James Harden 
and DeAndre Hopkins, if we're able to get them back, hey, sign me up for that, bro. Like, you know, we're getting back, you know, two of the best players that we've had before in our organizations. Like, this would be a great time for Houston. And we haven't even talked about C.J. Stroud, bro, like our quarterback. Uh, from all the interviews you hear him on, he's saying all the right things, doing all the right things, one of the hardest workers, you know, in there. I've heard, you know, through se- several of the the guys who cover the Texans that he's already building chemistry with Nico Collins and – um you know, just getting the, the ball down the field from like, you know, seven on seven activities and stuff like that, whatever it is, like, that's what you got to do. You got to just focus on that chemistry, man, with your receivers that you have on the field and get this guy's confidence up. I think we're going to be in a really good place, um, you know, when the season starts. Um, the offensive line that we have right now uh, gets – gives me a lot of confidence in that because he's going to have a lot of time, you know, to read the field. So looking forward to see what CJ is going to do, man. And uh, really excited about it. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun couple, couple months leading into the season. And, you know, uh, we're, both of us are really, really excited about what's going to happen for the Houston Texans. And with that, I want to move on to our baseball team, the Houston Astros. Uh, we have a little bit of competition in our division this year, man. The Texas Rangers, they have the second best record in the AL right now. They're number one in our division. But, you know, I think we, we talk, we've talked about this before. Like, everything that we've gone through this season, the injuries, the uh, players struggling, uh, Lance, you know, Lance McCullers, he suffered a quote-unquote setback in the last couple of days, the whole Brantley situation where they said he had a setback and now, you know, like now they're saying his timetable for return is indefinite. I don't think he's going to come back this year. Um, but everything we've gone through, like we're still number two in our division. Altuve's back. He's yes, playing very well. Um, you know, there's, you know, the past couple of years, there's always a question about our center fielders, right? Uh, Chaz McCormick, he's he got injured for a little bit. He's back. Um, I want to talk about my boy. You know, I think everybody knows who my boy in the center field is. I talk about him all the time on Twitter. Jake Myers, he's playing. He's starting to play a little bit better. You know, he's starting to hit a little bit better. We know he can still make those catches in center field. Um, and I think this is a guy that, like, if he if he can figure out figure it out after that injury that he had a couple of years ago, you know, it he I think he's starting to figure it out a little bit. He's hitting a lot better. He hit a solo homer today. I think he had a three run homer the other night. Um if he can become that Jake Myers again, then we might have to have a, another debate about who our center fielder for the future is between him and Chaz between him and Chaz and McCormick. Um and then like I said, Altuve's back. Uh, you know, Brandon Bielak, uh, one of our starting pitchers. He's he's not a guy that's really uh, well known name wise, but I think he's been playing his role well. Our bullpen is playing a lot better, so 
you know, I think as a team, we've gotten better from what we were in the beginning of the season. It's just we have like we we gotta got start getting guys back. Lance McCullers, to me, like his return is gonna be huge when that happens because that gives us another body in the in the pitching staff. Um, so I think with the Astros, it's it's kind of been for me. It's kind of been like a a wait and see approach. You know, each month, and now we're almost into June. So we'll see how this month goes. If if they don't start like making ground in the division by by July, then we might need to worry about us, you know, being a road team in the wild card round as far as the playoff goes. But you know, I think it's very like common for fans to freak out about these losses early in the season because the past couple of years we've been really really lucky. We haven't had to face a lot of injury issues. Like we have this year, uh, we've kind of dominated our division the like the entire year. Last year we were so dominant, we ran away with that division. So I think this year they're they're kind of they're kind of having to figure it out in the middle of the season, and I think eventually they're going to figure it out. Uh, we we know what what kind of team this is, you know, it's we're not going to be a team that's going to be easily defeated within the regular season and the postseason, and just I want to get your thoughts on like what do you think about the slow starts and the injuries and you know as an Astros fan do you are you starting to like give up on the team or are you are you, do you still have that faith in them that you know that they're gonna notch these wins together and make the playoffs? No, not at all, man. I would never give up on the Houston Astros. Never will be down about them, man. If one thing, the Houston Astros to me are that team, that organization that just brings me happiness and makes me forget about the other two teams in Houston, bro. You know what I'm saying? We're, we won the championship last year. Um, I will never get down on the Houston Astros. Uh, love that team so much, man. But to say to be second in our division right now with everything that has happened, to be only three games back, from first place in our division, that's a dub for us, bro. Like, there's still so many games to be played, and we've had so many injuries. We didn't have Altuve to begin with. Now we have him back, and now he's getting in the little groove. You know, he had, he had a grand slam the other day, which was amazing. We should have won that game, you know. But just to get him back, and get him in rhythm again, get him playing at the level that he is used to. We're a total different team when he's playing with us, bro. Like, as simple as that. And there's been so many things that have gone wrong with us as far as in terms of the injuries, man. But right now, there's nothing really to panic about. I think they've been so good the last four or five years that now we panic whenever – we're not number one in our division because they've been that good, right? So right now we're second in our division, and that's really the only thing that we have to worry about. We don't have to worry about the best record in baseball or anything like that. Just worry about your division, and everything else will fall into place. And right now we're in a really good spot. We're only three games behind first place. And the Rangers have been playing really good baseball this year. You know, you got to give it to them. 
I hate to give any Dallas team any credit because you already know how I feel about them. But, you know, they've been playing really good baseball, man. You got to give them credit. Yeah, the Rangers are one of those teams that, like, you know, we we freaking hate them, but I have to give them their props. They're Offensively, they're really, really good. Their pitching staff is, I think it's going to be really, really good. So that's a team that you have to watch out for. But at the same time, I trust the Astros enough to where, like, if it comes down to it, I think we can beat them. Um, I think we're... I think we're two and two against them this year, but uh, I think we play them the weekend before July fourth. I think, and me and my friends might be going up to Arlington for that series, so uh, we'll be sure to be loud, <laughs> loud and boo the Rangers up in their cribs. So, but yeah, I think that's that's a team that is, I might be up there, bro. Just yeah. FYI, yeah, yeah. Uh, I might be. I'm gonna make that happen, man. You know what I'm saying? All right, man, <laughs> we got a road trip up there, man. So. <laughs> But but yeah, the Rangers of, of late have been playing pretty well. Um, but like I said, the Astros, like you said, only three games back. I don't think it's time to worry. Like this is a team we know that they have always gotten off to slow starts during the summers when they start to pick it up and start making their runs. So I think that's going to be something to watch, uh, especially with. I think the biggest thing is having Altuve back because that's your leader. Thanks. Uh, that like he's he um is a great hitter one of the best second basemen in Astros history in my opinion so just to have that guy back is pretty bu- pretty big especially considering like uh the injuries that you face so at least you have that guy back put that guy back in the lineup and you know you see what happens with the offense um but you know as far as the Lance McCullough stuff uh, another setback, they said. So they said they're going to reevaluate him ne- sometime next week. Uh, it's it's one of those things where, like, I don't know if I would say that I'm concerned that he won't make his return this year. But I, f- I feel like the Lance McCullough stuff is kind of different from the Michael Brantley stuff, especially because Michael, of Michael Brantley's age you kind of know that like if he if he suffers like another injury he I don't want I mean I don't want to say this but if he suffers another injury then he might like his career might be done so with Lance McCullers is he's kind of on the younger side so and we know about his injury history so it's not it's not like that a, sh- a shocking fact to us it's just you know, I'm tired of hearing about all these setbacks after setbacks after setbacks. So with him, I think it's you you kind of just have to see, like, what they come up with next week, if he's throwing, if he's not throwing. So hope, hopefully he can make his return by July. But me personally, I'm hoping he can make his return by, like, the end of June because me and my friends are going to L.A. to watch the Astros play. So hopefully we get to see him on the mound in that series. So uh, I want to get your thoughts on what do you think about, like, the whole Lance McCullers situation? You know, is he healthy? Is he not healthy? That type of stuff. Well, really, the news about Brantley, man, is unfortunate because, you know, a lot of us, including me, we're looking forward to seeing him get on the field this year with this. 
and uh, we know what kind of hitter he is, you know, when he gets it going. But the Lance McCullers news, you know, the injury news doesn't shock me at all. It's like death, taxes, and Lance McCullers getting hurt every year. It happens all the time, right? And I think he'll make it back, hopefully. Like, he'll, he'll make it back to to the rotation um, when we need him in the playoffs. Because I do think we're still going to make the playoffs. But this is not anything new for us, man. Like we've seen this, we've seen this movie before, man. And uh, hopefully we can get because that's our ace right there, man. Like you know, Lance McCullers is our ace, and if we if he could just get healthy for mid August or early August, you know, we'll take that and run with it, man. But you know, this happens all the time with him, and uh, hopefully he could just get on the field this year. Yeah, he's if if he does get back healthy, I think that just adds more depth to to our starters. Um, we've already lost Urquidy and Luis Garcia, but I think they said Urquidy might be coming back soon. So you know, it's this whole year has been kind of guys going out, guys coming back in, guys being called up, all that stuff. So we've kind of been you know making it work for the past couple of months. So that's why I'm saying this this. Like, the summer is going to be kind of huge for the Astros. Yeah, man, I agree, man. But one thing about the Astros is, you know, they're going to pick it up in the summer like they always do. Uh, still have faith and believe in them, man. So we're going to get it right, man. We, we, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, man. And with that, we want to end the episode. Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us once again. Um Ike, anything else you want to add about, you know, anything that we talked about? No, I just wanted to say, um, you know, thank you to everyone that listens to us, man. Make sure you guys uh, follow us on Twitter at Inside the H Pod, and make sure you guys are subscribed to our podcast. Um, I'm on Twitter at Ike Quayar. Um, Coach, let them know where they can track you down at, man. Uh, um, on, on Twitter, you guys can find me at, at Christopher Paul. Uh, Instagram, you guys can follow me at, at the real Kush P. Um, you guys can follow our podcast Twitter page. It's at Inside the H Pod. We're also on YouTube, guys, and we're on Apple and Spotify. Yeah, man. Thank, thanks for, thanks for everyone uh, listening once again, man. Uh, until next time. Yep, inside the H. Inside the H.